Welcome to Come Magnify the Lord with Me podcast hosted by Becky Dameron. Becky was saved at a young age and reared in a Christian home. At an early age, she sought for a special relationship, Jesus Christ. As her love for Jesus grew, so did her love for His Word. Becky has enjoyed leading ladies' Bible studies, speaking at ladies' conferences, and sharing the gospel with anyone willing to listen. We hope you have your Bible and are ready to dive into studying God's amazing book. We're going to see that God blesses Isaac as he did his father. It says in Genesis 26, 12, Then Isaac sowed in that land and received in the same year a hundredfold, and the Lord blessed him. As I was reading this, I noticed that this blessing came after Isaac started telling the truth. As you recall, the last podcast, we talked about how Abimelech had to come and confront Isaac about his lies. Isaac tells the truth, and then we see in verse 12, then Isaac sowed in the land and received the same year. So right away, God began to bless him as he promised he would once Isaac did what's right and told the truth. And it says in verse 13, And the man waxed great and went forward and grew until he became very great. For he had possessions of flocks and possessions of herds and a great store of servants, and the Philistines envied him. So God blessed Isaac, and he's the one that gave him the wealth and the and the supplies and the servants and everything that he had. And is common today, others envied him. Don't be surprised when God blesses you that everybody's not excited. I think it's a very sad thing to see this happen today, but we have people who God blesses greatly, and all of a sudden, other people start picking him apart, picking them apart with every every little thing, not nothing uh, scriptural or anything. They just are jealous. Or somebody God blesses with wealth, and they they get angry because they don't have that. Don't be that type of person. I was looking at the definition of envy. It says to feel uneasiness, mortification, or discontent. So why why is the people here feeling this uneasiness? Because look at what's happening to Isaac. And in our lives, if we start feeling this uneasiness, how come God's blessing them and not me, me, or I'm discontent? This is envy, and God hates envy, and he's not going to bless you and come alongside you if you are envious at others. It says to feel all this at the sight of superior excellence, reputation, or happiness enjoyed by another. Are you upset at somebody because they're happy and you're not? I see that everywhere. There's a, a movement of um, people who were raised in good homes and their parents are doing well and God's blessing them, but they chose to go another way and they are miserable. And what do they do? They have to get on Facebook or some other form of social media and crab and complain and talk about how bad their parents are. You know, it, it's just because their lives are miserable. If you're a part of that, if you have to go and you have to talk about how bad everybody is, it's because your life is miserable. It's because you are envious. Again, you're ha- you're unhappy because you can't stand to see somebody else happy. This is how these people were. And it, it's also the definition goes on to say to repine at another's prosperity. Do you get upset when somebody else has a lot more money that you have? Or to fret or grieve oneself at the real and supposed 
superiority of another. So sometimes we, we just make up stuff in our mind. Uh, women are very bad at this. Envy can be a big problem, and it, it chokes us. And we can turn into, it says here in the definition, to hate him on that account. So envy turns into hatred. So if you're miserable today and you look at others and you think, oh, I can't believe they have this, these blessings, look at yourself. Change your life. You know, Isaac was doing wrong before. He did what's right, and then God blessed him. It doesn't mean because you do what's right that you're going to have a million dollars, but it does mean you do have peace. You go through problems and and struggles, but God gives you an assurance that you're doing what's right, and that's why you're able to keep going and keep serving. And then when other people attack you, you just say, I, I don't know why. I love God, and God's the only one that's given me these blessings. And you just keep serving God. But if you're on the side, the envy side, change. Get over it. Uh, a lot of it is getting over yourself, getting over your uh, things that you look at that were such grievances in your life. Uh, most of it is because you're just jealous. You're just jealous of other people who are happy and serving God. So you've got to go out there and complain and make up things. Now, is there wrong that happens that needs to be uh, taken care of? Absolutely. But you should go about it the right way. If somebody's getting online and they're crabbing about somebody else, that's not the right way. If there's a problem and you need to go to the police about it, you go to the police about it. If you are making up something because you're envious of other people, well, then you'll go online and you start spreading this garbage and trash. So that's, that's the picture of what's happening here. Isaac's a good man. God's just blessing him. It's not because Isaac's some uh, great person. He just obeys God and God blesses them and uh, they become jealous. Everybody around him becomes jealous. And when I say, I say jealous, we use jealous in a, a term like envy. They become envious. Jealous, we're going to see, is rightful um, possession. We'll get to that sometime. Envy is just terrible. And that's what happens here. And in verse 15, it says, for all the wells which his father's servants had digged in the days of Abraham, his father, the Philistines had stopped them and filled them with earth. So Isaac's in an area where Abraham lived at one time, and they're mad. So they start filling up the, the wells. Now water is a premium where they are at. You know, they need water. He has herds and he has flocks to care for. You you can't take care of your animals or even live without water. And so they're jealous. And so they start stopping up as well. And so don't, don't be surprised when somebody's envious at you and they try and destroy your life. They try and do things to make your life miserable. Isaac just keeps following God. And and then we come to verse 16. It says, And Abimelech said unto Isaac, Go for, uh, from us, for thou art much mightier than we. And Isaac departed thence and pitched his tent in the valley of Gear and dwelt there. So he doesn't go really far. Abimelech's saying, You need to go from us. God's blessing you too much. And Isaac sadly doesn't move as far as he should. I, I think he's nervous, maybe. I, I, this is just speculation that maybe he needs to be around uh, people for commerce and things like that. And so he doesn't move super far, as we're going to see as we continue to read. And it says, And Isaac digged well, again, wells of water, which they had digged in the days of Abraham his father, for the Philistines had stopped them after the death of Abraham. Okay, they stopped them. They didn't want people living in that area. This was their land. They couldn't fill up their whole land, but they didn't want people coming in and living in their land, so they stopped those there. 
um, he's one that they're talking about here. And he called their names after the names by which his father had called them. And Isaac's servants digged in the valley and found there a well of springing water. So this is like an artesian well. I remember as a kid, we used to take a bike ride with my dad. And we would go down this side road, and there was this pipe sticking up out of the ground. And the best water that you can imagine flowed out of that pipe. Oh, we loved it on a hot summer day just to sip up that water that was just flowing out of that uh, pipe. People would come and fill up jugs just to get that great spring water. Well, that's what they found here. And it says the herdmen of Giar did strive with Isaac's herdmen, saying, the water is ours. And he called the name of the well Esek because they strove with him. So as you can see, he's not far now. He, he goes away, but not far enough. And he digs this well, and he, he finds it's an artesian-type well. And the men there are like, no, we want that. That's ours. And so he names this well, and it means it's quarrel, like strife, like fighting. So he names it. And so they have to go from there. And they dig another well and strove for that also. And he called the name of it Sitna. Again, this means enmity. This means uh, a conflict. And it says then, and he removed from thence. So he keeps moving and moving and moving because there's constant fight. He digged another well, and for that they strove not. And he called the name of it Rehoboth. And that means spaciousness. That means openness. For he said, for now the Lord hath made room for us, and we shall be fruitful in the land. Well, what I see from this also, it's roomy because he's gotten away from the Philistines. He was too close to them. He needed to get further away. And once he did, the strife stopped. And as a lesson to us, we, we try and win the lost. We try and work with them. We have to work every day amongst the lost. But we shouldn't be living with them as in, you know, I'm going to do what you do and go where you go. No, we, we have to live separated lives. And when we do that, God blesses and we have spaciousness. Uh, I live in Dover, Delaware now, and there's a Rehoboth about an hour from me, a town called that. It's interesting in America how many Bible names are used, especially on, along the East Coast, because most, most of these cities were founded by uh, people that read the Bible and followed the Bible. And so you have a lot of cities in America that are named after Bible names. And I believe that even here in Delaware, the idea of Rehoboth was that there was a lot of space. There was a lot of open room. Nobody lived down there. So they put that there. Now, it's not like that now. It's full of people down in that area. But at the time when it was uh, uh, established, I believe they named it as Isaac did here. And it says in verse 23, And he went up from thence to Beersheba. And the Lord appeared unto him the same night and said, I am the God of Abraham thy father. Fear not, for I am with thee, and I will bless thee and multiply thy seed for my servant Abraham's sake. And he built an altar there and called upon the name of the Lord and pitched his tent there. And there Isaac's servants digged a well. So he moves again, and he goes by where his dad was at at one time in Beersheba, and God appears to him. And because of this, 
Isaac worships the Lord. He builds an altar and he calls upon the name of the Lord. The idea here is that he worships the name of the Lord. I think it's interesting. We're going to talk about this when we get into the Psalms, but the Jews nowadays has have completely uh, distorted the idea of the name of the Lord. They say, oh, it's so holy, we can't even mention it. So they don't write down any name of the Lord or say the name of the Lord because, oh, we don't want to do this in vain. Oh, we're not supposed to take the name of the Lord in vain, but we are supposed to praise the name of the Lord. We're supposed to call upon the name of the Lord. We're supposed to speak of the name of the Lord. And they miss a big point here. And um, nowadays they won't call upon the name of the Lord, even though their forefathers did. And as Isaac did, he called upon the name of the Lord and he didn't just use some abbreviated thing. No, he spoke about God's greatness and he gave, talked through the names of God and who he was and he praised him and God loves that and he wants us to do that. So in verse 26, it says, Then Abimelech went to him from Giar and Ahusa, one of his friends, and Pishko, the, the chief captain of his army. And Isaac said unto them, Wherefore come ye unto me, seeing ye hate me, and have sent me away from you? So Abimelech sees that God is blessing Isaac, and he goes and visits him, and Isaac doesn't trust him because of the problem. And in verse 28, it says, And they said, We saw certainly that the Lord was with thee. And we said, Let there be now an oath betwixt us, even betwixt us and thee, and let us make a covenant with thee, that thou wilt do us no hurt, as we have not touched thee, and as we have done unto thee nothing but good, and have sent thee away in peace, thou art now blessed of the Lord. I think it's funny that they're claiming, we did nothing good. Okay, they see that God has blessed them. You know, they did nothing but good. Uh, No, they stopped up a whole bunch of wells. Now, maybe it wasn't Abimelech personally, but his people did. It's interesting, though, now that they want to have a good friendship, they don't remember those times. And they say, oh, we did nothing but good. No, it is true they did not um, fight with them. And they they could have. They were much bigger people than Isaac and his his people. But they were a little bit uh, shady here in what they're saying in that way. So it says, and he made them a feast and they did eat and drink and they rode up, rose up betimes in the morning and swear one to another and Isaac sent them, them away and they departed from him in peace. So Isaac agrees and he makes them a feast and he's uh, a good host and he shows hospitality to them and they eat and drink. And then the idea of they rose up betimes in the morning, that's an old English word, but when you look it up, it means early. Uh, we would say like before the break of dawn, be times. So times would be like the beginning of the day, be times before. That's the idea there. I'm, I'm not explaining it uh, perfectly in, in English. In my mind, I look at it as before time, like before the start of the day. That's the idea of be times. We're going to see that word a couple other times in scripture. And when we understand that, oh, it makes so much more sense in some other passages that we see uh, where this word is used. So they swear unto one another, and Isaac sent them away, and they departed from him, him in peace. And so uh, they end up settling their differences between them, and they depart in peace. Thank God for that. Anytime we can live in peace with those around us, we should try to. The Bible says, walk in wisdom toward them that are without. So we're not trying to pick a fight. They were envious at him. They were jealous at him. And he uh, just kept moving, kept uh, moving where he was at and, and trying to accommodate them. And they came around. And when they came back, he could have said, no, you did this and this and this. You know, you, you act like it was all good. It wasn't good. No, he just 
left it, and he blessed them, and that's how we should be also. Uh, we, we don't have to bring up these past problems. We, just, we know God is the righteous judge, and we keep serving him. Heavenly Father, I pray that we would be good testimonies among the lost today. Help us to be uh, right in our actions. Help us to be careful with what we do. Help us to uh, edify those that are around us, not tear them down. Help us to take the, 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 the insults that come our way sometimes with, with grace. Help us to follow you and not be worried about what the world says about us, but keep serving you faithfully. And I pray that we would do that today as we go about our daily business. Thank you for listening to Come Magnify the Lord With Me podcast. Please join Becky Dameron each weekday for a study through the Bible from a woman's perspective. If you've enjoyed this podcast or have any questions, please reach out to Becky through Come Magnify the Lord With Me Facebook page. Until next time, God be with you and may He greatly bless you as you continue to grow through following His Word.